the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome to Pro-America Report with Ed Martin. I'm Andrea Kay filling in for Ed for the time being, who uh, might coincidentally be taking some time off in order to get past the anniversary of January 6th because it is just getting absolutely crazy out there in terms of both the Democrats and the Republicans in response to this anniversary that's coming up. And that's what we're going to talk about in the wink for you guys in a moment, as well as in the what you need to do segment later on in the show. Got a couple of great guests for you guys today. As usual, on Wednesdays, we've got John Schlafly, who's going to be here. He's got an interesting take on high noon at the Supreme Court coming this Friday. And I think that's more important for us to be watching than any of the shenanigans uh, uh, in, in terms of the politicizing of January 6th. You're definitely going to want to stay tuned for what John Schlafly has to say about high noon at the high court on Friday. And then we've also got Dr. Ted Malik, who's going to be back with us with an interesting report on Haiti and nobody's really got their eyes on Haiti right now because we got so much going on and uh, here in in the states as well as around the world with China and Iran and beyond but we might want to be taking our eyes down about 700 miles south of the United States so definitely want to stay tuned for Ted Malik before I got to go any further though I want to thank Joanne our producer today for lining all this up and continuing to do great for me and allowing me to Fill in for Ed as well as uh, my daily partner in crime here and on my show and its technical director, Noah. Hello, my dear. Oh, sorry. I was munching on a potato skin right there. Noah, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Um, I know that you have been following along with everything, all the falsehoods and the lies and the ways that the Democrats, as well as some Republicans like Liz, Liz Cheney, have politicized January 6th. I know that you have been equally concerned as I am that this has been so politicized it has resulted in Americans in gulags being denied bail, being de- uh, in, kept in solitary confinement, being denied medical care that they need. We have political prisoners in this country, and I know that you've been aware of that and, and continue to be concerned with that. And I think given to, but I don't know that you have been aware of the, the latest breaking news as we go into this anniversary. And it's quite shocking to me. I actually plan to do a different wink today, having to do with the filibuster and having to do with the quote for the People's Act, which is the Democrats wanting to centralize the election. But right now, I think we've got a more grave situation going on in this country. And it's far graver than anything that happened at the Capitol in January 6th. What's going on? What's the breaking news? Well, the breaking news is, um, as we're going into the anniversary, Merrick Garland, and, and it's not so much that it's breaking news. It's what Merrick Garland did in address to the people uh, in, in leading into the anniversary. This is the United States Attorney General, and he lied to the American people. He lied to the American people and said that five police officers died as a result of what happened at the Capitol. And that is a flat out wow. lie. Only That's one gutsy. Person and died. It, as you said, is flat out a lie. Well, it is a flat out a lie. And, and it's, it, and, and he's only able to be gutsy and to continue to, to push out 
this kind of lie, this kind of propaganda to the American people because they've got the mainstream media doing their bidding. And they've also got the assistance of the Republican Party. I'll get it into Ted Cruz in a moment. So it, what? So the news here, what, uh, let's make sure everybody knows who really did die at the Capitol on January 6th. And it was Ashley Babbitt. It was an unarmed white woman shot dead by a black cop who was armed, who did not give her any warning. And, at, and he not only shot her, yes, she was coming through the window, of course, and she committed a crime in that moment. But why is it that it's okay to shoot her unarmed without any warning and have that cop get away with it? Because he did, he used excessive force on her in that moment. And how do we know that? Because she had a, other Capitol Police around her as she was going through the window, and they didn't even try to stop her. She was given no warning, and her life would have been saved. No, instead, they're propagating the lie that five officers, including Brian Sicknick, died as a result of January 6th. This was the officer that they claimed had been killed with a fire extinguisher by MAGA people on January 6th. What is going on here? Is the blatant? This is actually the response by the Democrats with the with the cooperation of the Republican Party. Is the real? Here's what you need to know: What's going on with this January sixth commission? What's going on with the Department of Justice? What's going on with the enabling and the encouragement of the Republican Party from Liz Cheney and Ted, Ted Cruz today? This is the real planned insurrection of the United States of America because they are able to say and have been so far with the help of the Republican Party able to uh, effectively be weaponized the entire United States government weaponized against 75 million Americans it's what I keep now, saying Andrea you know it was for a while hey if you were you participating in the insurrection we're hauling you in then it was hey if you were there at the rally we're hauling you in I firmly believe the way it's going right now heck if you voted for Trump Eventually, they're going to haul you in. Well, that's that's part of what Mayor Garland's speech was. We are not going to stop until we round up, you know, everybody who shares this ideology kind of thing. That's the message here. That that's what this is about. This is about labeling. And I said from the jump on uh, immediately, uh, actually on January 6th, I cautioned conservatives to be careful how they responded to this because I could see that it was being weaponized, that this was about labeling 75 million Trump supporters as domestic terrorists. That's what this is about. And if they can do that, they can effectively deny 75 million. They can they can weaponize the government against 75 million voters. That's not an insurrection to take over, to suppress the voices, to have 75 million voters to be declared as some kind of a terrorist. Chew on this a little bit, Andrea. You know, maybe they won't haul you in, but maybe they'll say, hey, you know, uh, you obviously, you know, you were a part of this insurrection because you voted for Trump. Maybe we just take away your voting rights. Take or, or, you know, or they hired organizations to go and and scrounge social media. Social media, yeah. Anybody that shares shares this ideology can be canceled and doesn't deserve deserve to have a job or might even be prosecuted as somebody that going back that maybe maybe you supported the rally that day or maybe after it happened, you you supported uh, somebody who was there that day. I do not think there is a bridge too far. They will not cross. Right. Um, they've actually got friends that you and I know who I'm not going to name here that because they were outside of the Capitol on exactly. January 6th have been on, put on no fly list and cannot get on an airport, an airplane for this. That's the first part of this being a planned insurrection. The second part is in the way that they're going to exploit it is the For the People's Act. What they are saying and what they're planning to push through on this centralizing of our elections is by by saying that January 6th wasn't a planned insurrection by, by Trump and his 75 million supporters. And we were trying to overturn a free and fair election, which is not what happened that day. You don't question they, elections. Right. Well, not only that, 
But the plan is for the People's Act that they are they are justifying off of January 6th why they should be able to push through without a filibuster the centralizing of our elections where we will not. And what that means is the Democrats will have made permanent all of the mechanisms for election fraud in this country, giving them ultimate control over our elections going forward. And we're what done. We are witnessing what well, what we are witnessing right now and what you need to know right now, America, is that this is the planned insurrection and it's two prong assault is an assault of, of our being uh, those of us who are freedom first. What they have declared are patriot extremists are those who question the outcome of an election. Those who believe the government is is should be limited. This is how we're described in the FBI anti-terrorism documents. And the second uh, a part of it. Noah is to centralize our elections. And not only do we not have enough Republicans pushing back against it, Ted Cruz dared today to not pull, push back against the lies by Merrick Garland and what's happening with the prisoners in these gulags. But he referred to this as a violent terrorist attack. Wow. You know, so it's, it's, sometimes Ted Cruz is spot on and other times, you know, he just doesn't push back hard enough. No, he doesn't. No, because the Republicans, they always play defense. They've never gone on the offense. Look, if you want. Andrea, when was the last time you remember a Republican other than Trump going on the offense? Maybe Andy Biggs, maybe Congressman Andy Biggs. That's about it. That's about it. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's been banned from Twitter. Uh, permanently banned from Twitter. You, you know, the Taliban's got or the ISIS, you know, has a Twitter account. Uh, but Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't. Um, it's it's it, we don't have any Republicans pushing back against this because the Republicans, quite frankly, I think that they would be they are, we have a uniparty system and in, in many respects and many of them are happy to have their, their you know, uh, they want to brush what happened at the Capitol under the rug. They, uh, you know, I, I, I think they're OK with election fraud, you know, happening at, at, the, at the local levels. They don't care whether or not, you know, they and as you and I always year. talk about they're OK with the scraps and letting the Democrats be in control. Right, because the Republican Party, look, I mean, it's easier to just be the minority. And then when you're in the minority, you've got something you can complain against instead of actually doing something to stop it. This is if we allow and if the Republican Party allows January 6th to be politicized to where the counterterrorism unit of the FBI under Merrick Garland is allowed to continue to target Americans for their politics, if the Democrats are allowed to push through uh, bypassing the filibuster to push through centralizing of our elections, we're done as America. Later on in the show, we're going to tell you what you need to do as a result. Thank you guys so much uh, for letting me rant. Thank you <laughs> for letting me rant and the what you need to know. But these are dire times, my American patriot friends. And I know that Ed Martin shares our concern for preserving conservatism and what America is all about. So I know that that he's with me there. Uh, speaking of being with me, John Schlafly is going to be with me after the break here to talk about – we're going to shift gears. We still got to keep a focus on the tyranny going on with these mandates. And he will be here to tell us about high noon on Friday at the Supreme Court when we return. Welcome back to Pro-America Report. I'm Andrea Kay filling in for Ed Martin, and I'm excited that it's Wednesday because I get to talk to John Schlafly. 
uh, and he's got an amazing article out called High Noon at High Court for the Vax Mandate. Something extraordinary. I know everybody, so many people are thinking about January 6th right now, particularly with what's going on with Merrick Garland and the DOJ and all of that. But look, we cannot take our eyes off the tyranny that's involved with these mandates. And the Supreme Court is going to be hearing uh, these issues and all the different cases on Friday. And here to share with you guys what it means is John Schlafly. Hello, my dear. Well, hello, Andrea. It's good to be with you. And yes, you're right. Let's not overlook the January 7th, where the Supreme Court is hearing a nearly unprecedented set of arguments on the two biggest of Biden's mandates. The one on by OSHA, which is for all companies that have more than 100 employees, and the other ones by the Medicare Medicaid agency that applies to all hospitals, nursing homes, health care providers. And uh, so the Supreme Court is going to decide whether those vaccine mandates are constitutional, valid, whether they're authorized by Congress. Of course, they weren't authorized by Congress. They were just issued by some executive agency. So it's terribly important. Well, it, it, it is incredibly important. It shouldn't have had to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, I wish it hadn't gone to the Supreme Court, John Schlafly, because I don't know if you had share my perceptions, but I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in Amy Coney Barrett, Brian Kavanaugh, or even Gorsuch. Uh, he tends to sit on that fence post a little too much, and you're never really sure which side he's going to fall on. What I find interesting in um, – well, before I get into a couple of your points in your article, I find fascinating – um, there have been many cases that have been filed. I think Texas alone has filed something like 25 cases, right? Uh, or 20, uh, 25, yeah, I think total of 25 cases against the Biden administration, many of those involving mandates. Louisiana, there's been multiple cases. Why do you think it's been these that have been pared down, and what happens to the other ones? Well, the decision by the Supreme Court, I think, will be decisive in the other mandate cases. And uh, first of all, the lower federal courts did group them in a way, and they, they funneled them, you might say. And then when they got to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court further grouped and funneled them into two. And so there's going to be two arguments. All the other cases are consolidated with them, and the decision, I believe, in each of these cases will effectively decide all the others. Well, I hope so, because, for example, you know, I'm in San Diego and we had a, 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 a teenage girl and her family filed a, a suit against the San Diego County, Uni, uh, San Diego Unified School District about mask and shot mandates. So, I mean, we, the nation is rife with lawsuits. And I would like to think that if SCOTUS is going to do something extraordinary with his hearing, that we're going to get a final word on this. And that final word should be uh, the return of our freedoms. One of the things I mentioned I, I thought was interesting in your article uh, was, first of all, I love the high noon reference, right? Because basically, it's it's the showdown nobody that no, nobody wanted, uh, but it should provide an outcome. I thought that was really uh, tongue in cheek and and actually maybe smile as I look at something so difficult as this. But one of the things you talked about was was how. Um, 
the the the, uh, the focus will be on the legal procedure, which you say the court prefers rather than getting into the heart of the failure of the vaccine strategy. Um, that liberals want to disguise their politics as science, and the more they mischaracterize the the vaxes, the shots as good science, uh, the court uh, will be um, less likely to challenge uh, what the administration's doing. Explain that a little bit more. Well, of course, if you're familiar with the legal system, they they do tend to concentrate on the procedural aspects. Um, that's just the way of it. And uh, I do want to emphasize that uh, court's not going to. There's no challenge to an employer or other agency voluntarily adopting a mandate for its organization. And um, but what is at issue here is whether Biden and the federal agency can tell employers that they must require all their employees to be vaccinated. And um, so many employers, uh, some employers are, you know, insisting on enforcing their own mandates, and they can still do that uh, outside of this case. But many employers are saying, no, because we can't find staff. Uh, people are, are quitting. And uh, we're, we cannot hire people in part because of these mandates. So, well, that's an that's a that's a really important distinction. Um, so they're going to focus on the procedure, and 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 the most they're going to do in, in relation to tyranny is say that whether or not the federal government had a right through OSHA uh, to um, make these mandates on uh, and or through Medicaid or through um, these government agencies. It's not necessarily going to stop a local business or a local. Um, uh, and uh, local entity, I guess, even a city, state, or, or a, a town, or, or a school, for instance, or a school. schools. I don't think this case, these cases, would apply to schools. And of course, that's as we've heard just today and yesterday is is a whole new thing where the schools are, the teachers are refusing to go back to work. They're sending the students home and so forth. So. Um, you know, this well, issue is not going away, but uh, I think the argument at high noon on Friday will be a big one, and that will set, uh, you know, that will set the terms for further debate, I believe. Well, I think it also might answer the question if, if this is really all it's, it's about, about whether or not the federal government has a right to do this. It, it might explain why Joe Biden came out publicly and said there's no federal solution to this. Uh, well, this will be settled at the state level because they're expecting it to be. They've got all these Democrat mayors and city on city council and running school districts and governors that are happy to do it at the local level. I do want to talk a little bit about your, your point here about the justices wanting to stay away from the efficacy of the shots. Because we do know, as you point out in your article, that many years ago, the high court had upheld compulsory vaccinations, which I did not even know, involving mandatory sterilization of women. Well, there was a, a famous case over 100 years ago, uh, but, but the distinction there was it was the state of Massachusetts that required people to be vaccinated against smallpox. And... That's different in two, at least two multiple ways. First of all, smallpox is a more serious 
disease than COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, it was a state involved, and under our constitutional system, it is the state that has uh, what lawyers call the police power, that is the general power to regulate for health and safety. The federal government does not have that power. Even if Congress tried to pass a law, the law by Congress doesn't have the power to pass such a law. But, of course, in this case, Congress did not pass any such law. Mm-hmm. Biden has simply, you know, told his agencies to issue mandates without action by Congress, using some kind of residual general authorization that was may have been passed by Congress 50 years ago that nobody had vaccination in mind. And so I don't think this will fly. I think the court will recognize that this is, you know, this is not this is not allowed under our constitutional system. It would have been different if Congress had passed a law, but they didn't. No, they didn't, and it's and it's wholly unconstitutional. And oh, by the way, um, you know these shots—they're they're going to avoid, as I think you're so so wise to analyze that they're going to avoid anything related related to the efficacy of these shots. Um, but one of the things you talk about in in um, uh, in your article is that uh, they they are likely to avoid, and we therefore we won't hear mention of the actual official VAERS data, and which green banned from Twitter, and which has actually been corroborated and confirmed that we have have reached over 983,000 adverse reactions. This is according to our government's website, over 108 hospitalizations and over 20,000 deaths from these shots. Correct, John Schlafly? Those those numbers are so many times higher than any previous vaccine, and nobody has really investigated those to examine the circumstances, and uh, you know that those are just reports that have come in. But those reports need to be, you know, looked at much more seriously. And then, in addition to all that, we have the efficacy issue, where, you know, even though President Biden just said that COVID is an epidemic of the unvaccinated, that's not true. That's not true. Many, many, a large percentage, and in some cases, even a majority of people hospitalized with COVID have been vaccinated, and yet they got COVID anyway. This is not what we were told. And there are just so many things, Andrea, that we've been told which have turned out not to be true. It's no wonder that many people do not trust the so-called experts who have been put in charge of this. Right, because I, I'm not aware of, of deaths from people taking ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, or any, any of the other therapeutics. Uh, but we've got over 20,000 documented deaths from these shots, and yet they're continuing to try to force them on the American people. And it will be interesting to see what happens with SCOTUS as a result of this. But as you so wisely said, it's not going to end just at this hearing. But it will be interesting because it will be high noon at the high court on Friday. And you guys can read John's article at Phyllis schlafly.com and I thank you for all that you do for our freedoms as well as um, your amazing organization uh, the the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles you guys have continued and and will continue to fight for our freedoms and we thank you thank you Andrea all right now y'all stay tuned we've got more on the pro-america report coming right up Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. I'm Andrea Kay filling in for Ed Martin. 
Uh, joining me now is Ted Malik. He is the CEO of Roosevelt Global Fiduciary Governance. You know, that means he's a smart guy. And he's also an author, consultant, and former diplomat. He's got a very interesting article out on American greatness right now about Haiti's hurricane of horrors. And he joins me now. Hello, Ted Malik. Thank you for being back on Pro America Report. Yeah, Happy New Year. Good to be with you. Well, Happy New Year to you. You know, I, I first of all, I want to thank you for, for writing this piece on Haiti. We, while we, there is so much going on in the U.S. today, domestically, we also face China and Iran and, uh, you know, um, NOCO. Uh, we, we still have, there's other parts of the world that we need to be paying attention to. And one of them, as you put it, is 700 miles south of the U.S., and that's Haiti. What do you think people, you know, there's so much in your article and there's so much of a long, violent history there in the country. What do you think is the most important thing that you think that Americans really need to know? Well, there's something I didn't put in the article, so I'll give you a new, I mean, an additional tidbit of information. Of course, if you're following the news, you know that. Uh, You know, the Haitians have been arriving on the Mexican border by the tens of thousands so um, the economic refugees are fleeing and trying to get to, quote, a better uh, subsistence, a better place to live. They've also been coming more in the hundreds, but every week and every day to the Florida coast. So I don't want to make it sound like this is an issue 700 miles away that we can ignore, forget, neglect. It is something that is part of the present um, um, dynamic of American foreign policy, of our immigration policy, and frankly, of our hemisphere, because Haiti is the absolute basket case, the poorest, most uh, horrid, decrepit, corrupt country in the Western hemisphere, and parallels the other um, so-called countries that the president before this one suggested existed in Africa. Well, as as I'm, you know, you're absolutely correct. You don't have to be a historian to to know that. And but as as you're describing that, I, I thought to myself, well, wait a second. Uh, wasn't there something called the Clinton Global uh, uh, Initiative? What didn't I happen to see Bubba and his newfound <laughs> brother George W. wandering around Haiti? Weren't they supposed to be like dumping five hundred million dollars in into Haiti after uh, the that uh, the the worst hurricane uh, uh, over a decade ago? Where's all the where did all this money go? Yeah, so it's one of the ironies of life that some of these poorest countries, Haiti being a kind of test case or case study in in a a real failed state attract the uh, do-gooders who themselves, uh, I mean, if you question their motivations just an inch, are out actually to make money themselves. So it doesn't surprise anyone that Hillary Clinton's brother, Tony Rodham, had a gold mine, a literal gold mine in Haiti. (laughs) It surprised me that Clinton and his cronies tried and nearly successfully took over the long-distance telephone business, telecoms in Haiti, and made hundreds of millions of dollars doing so. So there is this oddity that people are able, and I include amongst them not just individuals, but not uh, non-governmental organizations, so-called charities, go to these places and actually end up doing more harm than good. 
Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all because you got to look at the motivations. That, you know, it, look, if Bill Clinton's wandering around, it, it ain't because he's there for anybody else, but somehow himself. In fact, I, we could do a whole segment on uh, uh, the Clinton Foundation and how they should have been uh, they should have been prosecuted for committing uh, the perpetrating the greatest charity fraud in the history of the world. Um, yeah, speaking of NGOs, you you mentioned in your article that uh, they've been named the Republic of NGOs. And it's just a reason why the American people need to be really careful and thoughtful about who they give their money to and not just trust that you're going to give your money to some organization. It's actually going to make it down to the people. Uh, we've known that the Haiti, the Haitians have been saying to the Clintons for years, hey, you stole our money. And of course, nothing was done about it. Um, I, it's interesting you talk about the Haitians coming here, though, where if they're so broke and none of that money is getting down to the Haitians, how are they making it to our shores, whether it's Florida or whether it's up by making the truck up by way of Mexico. Who's funding that? Well, I mean, there, there is some savings in, in Haiti, so they're using their last dollar to get to America. In other cases, you know, they're funded by the Mexican cartels. They're funded by all kinds of gangs. Um, there are all kinds of, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, networks that they can fall into that will get them to their destination there you know there's a sizable Haitian population already particularly in Florida uh, and uh, they will send dollars uh, remittances back mm -hmm. to Haiti to try to get relatives friends cousins whatever to the United States because you're certainly not going to make it in Haiti the annual income per capita income in Haiti is just over twenty three hundred dollars a year well, and, and, yeah, and you know, other than um, Hillary's Bros Gold Mine, what industry is there? I mean, how how is this country supposed to be economically viable? Well, that is, of course, one of the problems. They they have very little agriculture. They have, unfortunately, no mineral uh, worth mining. Uh, they have tried to do some tourism, but if you actually told people they were going to Haiti, they would probably cease and desist. <laughs> so they're, they're, a they're a basket case country. And over and above that, they're in one of the Earth's uh, primary earthquake zones. And mm -hmm. as I titled the article, I mean, given where they are on the island of Hispaniola in the Caribbean, they are prey uh, nearly every year, every other year to massive hurricanes. So it's a hurricane of horrors. What should it, happen to it Haiti? All started, it all started yeah. in a slave revolution way back uh, at the time of the French Revolution. So it, it is interesting, uh, you know, trying to do a service here, you know, a larger service, to tell people this story. Because slave revolts, and this was a black-on-white slave revolt, they killed all the white people, do not usually end well. Well, that's a good point. Now, how does this end? How could, how could it, what needs to happen here? What, how, what end needs uh -huh. to come to this violent cesspool of a nation that has no real economic viability? It, it is a conundrum. And, you know, if I had a, a hat that I could pull the rabbit out of, I would, I don't. Uh, and lots of people have tried, uh, as we've said already, some of them with good intentions, some of them with bad. Uh, the neighboring governments are frustrated, particularly the Dominican Republic, but also other Caribbean countries. Uh, there are a lot of bad actors from places like Russia, China, Venezuela, and Cuba now operating in Haiti in armed gangs. 
Mm-hmm. It is the primary place in our hemisphere now for trafficking, not just in uh, persons, uh, and the sex, the sex slave, uh, slaves are abundant, certainly in Haiti, but in arms. It's an arms dealer's paradise. So I, I mean, I, I actually awkwardly said at the end of this article, the best thing for Haiti would be to start all over again. But how do you do that? Because they have all this really very tormented history. Well, they have a torment, tormented history, and they don't really have a whole lot going for it on paper because they don't have natural resources. They don't have a lock on some kind of technological innovation. You know, they don't have any. They don't have any proprietary genius going on there that makes it so. Uh, gosh, we, we, you know, we've got to have this. You know, and even from a and travel. None of the institutions that right. uh, you know you would look to, whether it's the family, the church, any any other civil. Uh, associations, uh, a governmental uh, auspice that you know you could count on and trust. None of those exist in Haiti, so it's a it's a very desperate place. It is and, a desperate and, place. And on the one hand, you feel sorry. On the other hand, you say, "Well, you know, I understand how this happened." If you go back and scratch the history. Yeah, uh, but I, I think that somebody there should be some serious consideration as to as to an end game here, and 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 how to how to you know end the crisis that is Haiti in terms of maybe ending it as a nation somehow some way. I hate to wrap a segment without an idea, at least a plan or a suggestion of what to do to solve a problem because I like to I like to just not just gnaw on a bone, you know. I like to finish it off, but I, I, it's a head scratcher. Well, we, we could- we could undo the French Revolution if we had uh, yeah. <laughs> the auspices to do that, and there, and then Haiti wouldn't exist. It would still be a department of France. I mean, yeah. I do remind you that there are other islands in the Caribbean that are, in fact, still French-speaking departments of France. Well, um, the article is at amgreatness.com. It's Haiti's Hurricane of Horrors. Ted Malik, thank you so much for being here. You guys can follow him on at Ted Malik, M-A-L-L-O-C-H underscore. And I thank you so much for being here. Good. Thanks. All right. Stay tuned. More Pro-America Report on its way. Don't go away. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. In recent polling, Donald Trump has opened up a breathtaking 11-point lead over Joe Biden in Iowa expanding on the eight-point margin by which Donald Trump defeated Joe Biden in 2020 in Iowa. The Des Moines Register poll confirmed that this key battleground state has turned solidly Republican, in large part thanks to Trump. The DMR poll has long been considered the gold standard for the the first-in-the-nation Iowa caucuses every four years. Now it's found that Trump is ahead 76 to 15 among evangelical likely voters, 64% to 26% among rural likely voters, and 59% to 31% among likely voters without a college degree. Only 33% of Iowa adults say they approve of the job Joe Biden is doing. Other states in the upper Midwest will likely follow Iowa's lead. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Minnesota are now ripe for Trump because he champions the American worker and talks bluntly against the idiocy of the left. For the upcoming midterm elections in Congress, Republicans have attained their highest ever 10-point lead over Democrats on the generic congressional ballot. That's a nearly impossible deficit for Democrats in swing districts to overcome in order to stay in office. A whopping 59% of registered voters responded to the ABC News Washington Post poll by saying that they're looking for someone new to vote for in this year's congressional and U.S. Senate elections. 
This is higher than in 1994 and 2010 when Republicans won landslide majorities in Congress during the presidencies of Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Americans are soundly rejecting business as usual. After two young never-Trumpers in Congress from the Midwest announced they would not seek re-election, the Wyoming GOP defrocked Congresswoman Liz Cheney of the title Republican. Clearly, the entire party can feel the shift to Trumpian, America-first conservatism. Conservatives are tired of having the wool pulled over our eyes by smooth-talking politicians whose work boots only come out when it's time to shoot another campaign ad. The phonies and fraudsters had better stand aside because data shows that the Trump train is barreling down the tracks at record speed. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back to Pro-America Report. Andrea Kay, happily filling in for Ed Martin here. Uh, we talked earlier on the show about Marjorie Taylor Greene being officially banned from Twitter, but that doesn't mean you need to get off of Twitter. We need to continue. This is the What You Need to Do segment. One of the things that we need to do is to continue to use our voices anywhere and everywhere that we can. And if you're on Twitter, I want you to follow Ed at Eagle Ed on Twitter and use the hashtags Pro-America Report and hashtag PAR. So at the open of the show, we talked to uh, Noah. We said that what you need to know was about what you needed to know about the how the Biden administration and the deep state are exploiting the January 6th Capitol riot for uh, their own planned insurrection by declaring 75 million Trump supporters who are, quote, patriot extremists who would dare to question the outcome of an election, who believe in limited government, who believe in unfettered First Amendment and Second Amendment rights, that that uh, we are extremists and, and therefore terrorists. And the government's being weaponized against us. And this other prong of that, we said, was uh, that they were, through the excuse of labeling January 6th as an insurrection and attempt to overturn a free and fair election, they're going to try to push through. Schumer has said uh, that on Martin Luther King MLK Day, that always got to keep it racial, does he? Uh, well, yeah, right. Because this is this is uh, the For the People's Act is about uh, voting rights that are being denied people, and you know these evil Republicans. Look at what they did on January sixth. That was about overturning an election. So we're going to safeguard our elections by having them completely come under the control of the Democrat Party. Here's what you need to do now that you know that the forces. It's been completely confirmed. If you didn't know before. With what Mayor Garlic had to say, Gar, uh, Garland had to say about uh, his his use of his department and Schumer's plan for the elections, what you need to do is get on the phone. You need to be on the phone with any elected official in your area. When it comes to the weaponization of the FBI and the DOJ, I think people should be flooding Ted Cruz Ted Cruz's office and. 
for him to, to refer to this as a domestic terrorist attack. It was not. That is feeding into the lies of the Democrat left. If you've got a Republican, if you're a Republican, this is what we need to say to our Republican officials. If you want to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th, fine, but you need to find out why Nancy Pelosi called off the request for additional security by the Capitol Police. Who told the Capitol Police to remove the barricades and open up the doors and wave people in? Who was Ray Epps? What was the FBI's involvement in the planning of January 6th and actually working with, with people on and what happened on January 6th and what went down on January 6th with the bad guys while Donald Trump was still down the, tr- the street peacefully protesting with his people. And you Republicans would also want to get to the bottom of the Black Lives Matter and Antifa reign of terror. You would want to be using, you would you would be putting pressure on these Republicans to put pressure on the DOJ Merrick Garland to be using the RICO statutes to find out who was the money behind it. How many Democrats were coordinating those BLM and Antifa attacks? It was President Trump who had to huddle in the White House in the summer of 2020 as there was a breach of the White House by Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorists. We all need to be on the phone right now with our Republican representatives and be putting the pressure on them. We need to certainly tell everybody uh, of all of our Republican and conservative friends in Wyoming that Liz Cheney must go down in her primary coming up in 2022. And if you are local, you need to be finding out if you have a have a local Republican Party that does any kind of training on running for office. You need to be going and learning how to run for office and as well as understanding and getting intimately aware of who is running for office at every level and be putting them uh, their feet to the fire and, and questioning them about what their plans are to do to stop this Democrat takeover of our nation because if they are able to use this January 6th to silence us and to terrorize us and to throw us into gulags and then push through their centralizing of the elections were done as a nation. The time for, for us to complain is behind us. The time is to get active. What you need to do is you need to get active, and that means get on the phone to all your representatives, even your Democrat ones. Get on the phone with Manchin and say, you're sounding a little squishy, that you might allow for the filibuster to go away and have this, these uh, these election these, this For the People's Act to be pushed through without the filibuster. You do it, and you're dead, and, and you won't get another vote. Same thing with Kirsten Cinema. You won't get another vote. We're not going to vote for you. That's what we need to do. We need to realize that we have the power here. We need to realize that these elected officials are scared of us. But they're only scared of us when we when we when they know that we're serious when we say they won't get another vote from us and they won't get another dime. So that's what you need to do. Anything that you feel that you can share to my my suggestions here? No, I can, I probably think as we wrap up here in the next 30 seconds, Andrea, the best thing I can tell people is the most crucial thing about what you just said is the time is now. Complaining is not going to get anything done. Action is. And you can't wait and see if this goes away. It's not going away. And if you wait, it's going to be too late. Absolutely. It's going to be too late. Well, it's, it's too late for us to continue the show. Technical Director Noah, thank you for, for all that you do. Thank you to producer Joanna for a great guest today. Thank you, John Schlafly and Dr. Ted Malik. And we will be back tomorrow for another Pro-America Report. I'm Andrea Kay. Thank you so much. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.